Hello, everybody. This is Charles with the Barbershop Group Podcast. I'm going to be your host today, and uh, we are back to doing our interviews, and we have a wonderful guest on the show that's going to talk to us guys about self-care. We know uh, that that is something that we're bad at. We might as well just get it out the way now. We don't do a good job of it. We think we do, and we think we know a lot about it, but we really don't. So we're going to have uh, a self-care expert talking to us today, and uh, hopefully uh, we will learn something something new. Today, I have on the show Elisa Bokin, who is uh, a marriage and family therapist out of, out of Houston, out of Houston, Texas, one of my favorite cities. And uh, she's a relationship and sex expert. Again, wow, another sex expert. You guys are hearing that, right? A lot of women are doing it, but it's hard to find men who are sex experts. We think we are, but we are not. <laughs> So um, Alyssa works with couples and individuals to overcome any traumas, pain, or destructive patterns that keep them from enjoying healthy, satisfying, pleasure-filled lives. By working with clients in her office, online, and in workshops, Alyssa helps people gain the skills necessary to get closer to their life and relationship goals. Um, you know, she believes that healthy, well, I'll say health and wellness and pleasure is our birthright. And when you hear that kind of thing, it sounds really uh, cliche and cheap. But if you step back for a minute and think about it, what she's really saying to us, guys, is there's no reason why you should not have a healthy, fulfilling life. Okay, so uh, we welcome her to the show. Alisa, are you there? I am here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for spending some time with us, spending some time with us this morning. Uh, you know, guys, uh, you heard me joking with you all that we don't do a, a really good job of, of self-care. And it's not to say that we are lazy. I don't think that that's the case um, at all. I think that for a lot of men, we are actually, you know, bombarded by all that the world has to offer in terms of negativity and stress. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that it's just us alone. We know that many women obviously deal with the same thing as well. But I think that women tend to be quicker about addressing some of those issues than we men are. I think that a lot of times we bottle things up. So. Uh, We know that we are in jobs where we're required to meet the demands of the boss and be leaders or or be great employees and just deal with workplace stress and every other type of stress day in and day out every single day. And not only that, many of us may consider ourselves activists and entrepreneurs, and we do a lot of things that can be very mentally taxing. Uh, So we need to be able to step back and consider uh, what self-care does for us. So... No. One of the things that that um, I was thinking about as it was we were preparing for the interview um, is that I read a lot of classical books. Um, and I know maybe guys aren't into those things anymore, but I, I really enjoy some of those books. And I enjoy readings like Sherlock Holmes, okay, and Dr. Watson. Those two guys, uh, although they're fictional characters, they, they come to life for me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I recognized uh, with Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes is uh, these guys were into self-care. They they were into self-care. And then it made me kind of go, well, wait a minute, what happened to us? Why don't we do these things anymore? But before we really delve into that, I want to ask you a question. Can you define self-care, what it is and what it is not for the male listener today? Mm. And yes, and I will preface with saying this is a woman's definition. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But really self-care is, is really for men and for women, it's being aware of what our needs are, mm-hmm. um, our desires as well, and being active and intentional about getting those, me- those needs and those desires met in a healthy way. Yeah, so being intentional and in a healthy way. See, that's, mm-hmm. those are, those are, those <laughs> the are the qualifiers. things that, that <laughs> Yes, keep coming up uh, as we discuss this thing today is is being intentional and and being healthy about it. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about Dr. Watson and and Sherlock Holmes, and you can go beyond to some to some real people, not just fictional characters, uh, probably 100 or 200 years ago, men who were practicing self-care. 
Uh, how did we get away from practicing self-care in the 21st century and the millennium? How have men gone so far away from that? You know, I think it's interesting because I think what we have to include as part of the conversation is how it's different for men of color, mm. right? Because I think for so long, self-care, especially for men of color from our communities, mm. um, it's just about surviving, yes. right? And so you couple that with what men are sort of socialized, what young boys are socialized, um, how they're socialized. And so they're they're allowed to be go-getters, aggressive, they're allowed to be sexual, they're allowed to be angry, um, but they're not allowed to be vulnerable. Right. And practicing self-care is also for us to be able to be aligned with and aware of what our vulnerabilities are. And so I think um, you can't get away from why did men get away from it? Um, I really think a lot of that had to do with just surviving, just getting ahead, just yeah. being okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it's interesting that you mention that because as I talk to uh, men and especially as I talk to uh, African-American men, um, you know, Latino men, there is this, this thought pattern that I'm just, I'm a doer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a survivalist. I'm a doer. I am in a constant state of being. I'm human, but I'm not a human being. I'm just in a constant state of being. Mm -hmm. And so we never uh, get the opportunity to pause and just say, well, wait a minute, what am I feeling? Um, is it is it consistent with what I'm thinking? Uh, what am I thinking? How is it making me feel? What do I need to do about it? Uh, where do I go? Is this common or uncommon? Those questions never come up. We don't do a good job checking in with ourselves and we tend not to do a good job checking uh, in with other people. Um, well, and, and I would add, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I was going to say, to be fair, I don't believe that men, young boys are given the skills or given access to understanding how to do that, right? If you think about how many of the messages that many young boys get, you know, when they do express their range of emotions, mm -hmm. right? So don't cry. Little boys don't cry. Or boys don't cry. Men don't cry. Suck it up. Be a man. You know, <laughs> right. and then we That's expect right. them to be adult men and be able to access their emotions and identify their emotions. And mm -hmm. so, you know, how can we how can we do that which we were never taught to do? Right. Yeah. And that's and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that as a woman, because quietly, a lot of men are complaining about that mixed messaging. Sure. Um, you know, a, a lot of men may have grown up in households where they were required to be the man. And so, yeah, you know, you're, you're definitely going to suck it up. You're not going to cry. You're not going to show emotions or, or at least not in-depth emotions. You're going to stick with the surface, happy, sad, angry, mad. That's kind of where you are. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and tired. You don't you don't get to be a young man in a household where there's a single parent and be tired. Right. right. Because you've got something right. to do. Right. How do you be tired. Uh, and then as we uh, get older, uh, we start to get involved with, with uh, you know, women or, or men, it doesn't matter. And right. somebody's looking to us saying, hey, you know, I need you to communicate effectively with me. Right. I need you to check in with me. I need to know what you're thinking. And for a lot of us guys, um, you know, emotions are completely separate from other thoughts that we have. Right. Uh, I, I think about, I think about, um, you know, even my time uh, in, in relationships and someone asking me how I was feeling mm -hmm. instead of me talking about how I was feeling, I would be talking about what I was thinking. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yeah. it's not necessarily the same. Not at all. So I think that because we have a hard time just seeing emotion for what it is, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of that's one of the barriers that keeps us from saying, well, you know what, maybe I need to take some time out to just sit with those emotions for a minute and, and mm -hmm. process those. No. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that you said that. And I, I always try to, to tell men, Hey, look, when you're, when your partner's asking you, uh, about you, mm -hmm. your relationship with them, they're not really wanting to have a sociological anthropological discussion. 
that's not what they want to do, right? And you guys, you know, yeah. we're good for it. We're very good for it. You know, if somebody says, um, um, well, you know, what do you think we should do about this? Or, hey, babe, you know, how do you feel today? Or I was thinking this. You begin to jump into a textbook or start talking about the data or start, mm -hmm. you know, you pull up a YouTube video and say, here, watch this. <laughs> and that's not really, you know, getting in tune with emotions. Um, well, you know, and I think that that really goes back to this idea that, you know, men are supposed to have it all figured out. Right. Mm. Why are we why are they supposed to have it all figured out? Because they're not supposed to be vulnerable. If you're vulnerable, you don't have it all figured out. Right. right? So right. they grow up sort of. And again, I'm generalizing here, but the message that, that they get is they have to know what to do next. They have to be ready. They have to stay mm -hmm. ready. And yeah. there's no room for saying, well, I'm 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 feeling sad today. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, right. I, I need right. some time for self care. We don't give them the language. We don't know what that looks like in a balanced way, right? Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. even for women, women, we are talking more about self care, but we're trying to figure out what that looks like, right? Mm -hmm. Because on the flip side, for women, is we're given the message that that's being selfish. Like we can be doers, but doers for others, right? right? And so to take the time for ourselves, well, that's selfish. Whereas men, it's selfish, but on a different level, because it's like you're taking time away from, like you should have it all together. You should know what to <laughs> right. do. Right. Why do you even yeah. need the self-care? You should be good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that, there's definitely that, um, that component. Um, so I wanted to ask you uh, too, and I think this is related to what we're talking about. Has how has trauma and unstable families of origin, you know, toxic families, impacted our ability? You talked a little bit about that and, and the messaging mm -hmm. that we that we tend to get as men. But let's go a little deeper mm -hmm. because I, I meet I meet men all the time who uh, they grew up in single parent households. They grew up in uh, disenfranchised communities. They grew up in impoverished areas. They grew up around trauma. And one of the consistent themes that I hear from a lot of these men is that, you know, self-care right. is just completely alien uh, mm -hmm. to them. It's not in the ballpark. It's never a thing that they've been shown. And it, it does seem very, very selfish. A lot of them tell me that it seems mm -hmm. selfish, mm -hmm. uh, but that it also seems rather punkish as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so how have how have all of these things collided to produce men today who are sacrificing their their well-being? Right. Well, the underlying theme when I look at all of that is vulnerability, right? So you talk about trauma and trauma, I like to remind people or just even tell people for the first time, trauma, you don't get over trauma by positive thinking, mm. by not, by, okay, just suck it up and get over it. Because trauma is something that rewires our brain. Wow. Trauma is an event that what may have been traumatic for one person may not be traumatic for another person, but mm -hmm. it's how you at the time dealt with this overwhelming event. And that can be mm -hmm. emotional trauma, physical mm -hmm. trauma, like um, a car accident or mm -hmm. um, being physically abused. Mm -hmm. um, it can be sexual trauma. Yes. And trauma can also be witnessing somebody else going right. through these experiences, right? So there, so right. trauma gets stored then in your body. Mm -hmm. So it impacts your ability to just even relax, right? Yeah. Like you can't let go. Now you are hyper vigilant. Yes. And it rewires our brain. So it's stored in there. It's not going anywhere. And what really when when something traumatic has happened to you somewhere in your brain, the message you received was being vulnerable is not safe. Right. Because mm -hmm. that's why I was impacted by this trauma. I see. So. Now, any time that I might get triggered, my trauma gets triggered. And a lot of times it's in some state of vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? That might remind us of when we were first impacted by that trauma. Um, so just as humans, vulnerability doesn't feel safe to us. It's uncomfortable. We don't like to be vulnerable. Got you. And if I am a young man or a boy and I'm being given the message, I'm also not allowed to be vulnerable. 
Mm-hmm. Don't show me those more vulnerable parts of you. Yes. Couple that with trauma. So self-care is not just punkish. It's dangerous the way that you're describing wow. it to me. Okay. That's, you know, and it's, it's funny you, that you mentioned that because um, probably about three months ago, mm-hmm. I did this little poll on Facebook and I asked women and men, I said, do you think that, um, do you think that women are ready for men to be emotionally vulnerable and open? Right. Okay. <laughs> I asked that. I said, do you think that women are ready mm-hmm. for men to be emotionally vulnerable and mm-hmm. open? And do you know, mm-hmm. the majority of people said no. Right. It didn't matter if uh, it was male or female. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if they were married or not. Okay. Right. The majority of people said no. And I was so shocked to see that even women were saying, I'm not ready for the guy right. that I'm with to be emotionally vulnerable and open. And I'm like, so you're ready for him to lie? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, no, I don't want him to lie. <laughs> I just don't want him to be that truthful with me. Right. Right. And I'm like, I don't know if we can do relationships that way. Right. At least I don't know if we can do healthy relationships that way, you know? Absolutely. Um, and and I, so, yeah. <laughs> I, and say, yeah. I hear that a lot. That's exactly what I was thinking when you were talking about. I'm like, some women, and I will say, and I've asked the same question, like, are you prepared mm-hmm. for the man who's going to come in and say, maybe I'm scared. I don't want to, you know, go right. to work tomorrow because I don't know what my boss is going to say. Right, right. right. Because the thing is, again, that then requires us to tap into our vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, what do you mean? (laughs) Because we're socialized, right? Like we're socialized to believe that you have it all together. Yes. Right. So, whoa, 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 whoa. So it's really a matter (laughs) of both genders really now having to go deeper into their own vulnerability. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing that you you know, that I was going to say, and you mentioned it is that um, when he displays emotional vulnerability, then his partner has to decide, okay, wait, am I going there, too? Or what are we doing right now? You know, um, and a lot of messaging to men who even attempt to be vulnerable when we're talking about uh, emotional self-care and what have you, a lot of the messaging that is received says nope you better stop that (laughs) right how dare you you know i think a big part of it is we are grow you know we grow up and we have this idea that relationships you know i say all the time that jerry Maguire syndrome of you complete me (laughs) right that just oh you know i want to scream every time i hear that and so we have this idea that when we go into a relationship, that other person is going to complete us, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a really great way, a really sexy way of not saying, I don't want to do my own work Mm -hmm. to be a whole complete person. Wow. Right? And that's where the real work lies for both men and women is in doing our own work so that we are balanced Mm -hmm. and that we are whole. And Mm -hmm. we're not looking to our partners to complete us. We're looking to them to complement us. Right. Right. Absolutely. So now that you, you've talked about that, um, I, I, I think that it's important to have the discussion uh, around like what does negative self-care, how does negative self-care impact our relationship? Mm-hmm. So first, uh, can you just talk to us a little bit about how negative self-care impacts mm-hmm. professional relationships for men? Mm-hmm. So I don't believe in negative self-care. That's mm-hmm. what I would then define as being selfish, right? Wow. So there's self-care okay. and then there's being selfish. Nice. nice. And the difference between being between self-care and being selfish. So um, when you are practicing self-care, you are identifying your needs, your mm-hmm. desires, and you're meeting them in a healthy way that doesn't harm others, mm-hmm. right? It okay. doesn't take advantage of others. It may disappoint others. Right. It will disappoint some people when you start practicing self-care, you're going to start disappointing people because you're not going to show up in the same ways that you used to. Now, you're selfish. 
you get your needs and your de- desires met at the expense of others. Mm, okay. So you on some level are causing some harm to someone else, be it emotional, mm-hmm. be it physical, what have you. Wow. In work relationships, how would that look like? Well, you know, are you being the most ethical person? Are you being a team player? Are you mm-hmm. holding your own? Are you are you practicing in your business relationships? And are you practicing integrity? You mm-hmm. know, yeah. so how that would be harmful is that you really just kind of go into that mindset of it's just you and you're not thinking about the collective. Mm-hmm. which really is celebrated by our culture, if you think about that. Right, that's right. <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of difficult, especially for men, because it's dog-eat-dog world and right. hustle hard and, mm-hmm. you know, me against the world. Right. It's celebrated. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's one of the reasons why I asked you that is because, um, you know, I can identify so many men who were working in corporate America, working in different positions, and you could see a correlation between their lack of self-care and uh, their performance and interaction with people uh, mm-hmm. on the job. Sure. The, the, the less he practiced self-care, uh, even, even at work, and there, there are ways to do that at work, mm-hmm. uh, the less he practiced self-care, the, the more dangerous he became Mm-hmm. at work, right? Yeah. The more of a liability he Absolutely. was at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, when, we're, when, we, when we do like addictions assessments and things like that, then you start talking about workplace accidents and what have you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's, a, there's just a lot, you start connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see, oh, you weren't getting enough sleep. Oh, right. you have these financial burdens or okay, you have this amount of stress and you're not talking to someone about it. And it's just like, you pick them off, you know, every time. And so I find that as scientific as men claim to be in their minds, Mm. when it comes to connecting those dots, we aren't really good at it. Well, and it makes me wonder also, right? And again, I'm not a man, so I don't know. But just it goes back to how men are really raised to be sort of goal driven and reward oriented. Mm -hmm. And so if my life at home is failing, you know, I'm having trouble, I wasn't given the tools and the resources to really know how to make that better. Right. Um, And all these other things are falling apart. And a lot of times what I've noticed with men is work is the one thing that they can see some sort of payoff, even if it is just a paycheck at the end of the week. Right. Right. And so instead of how do I balance this is like, let me pour myself more into that one thing in my life that is actually showing me some sort of reward. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's that's also uh, very, very true. I, I think that there, there's a book that I have um, that talks about the workaholic man. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't recall the title of it at the moment, but it talks a lot about uh, getting men to shift uh, the way that they look at work rewards and, and why they value them so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at what cost? Yeah. What cost? Uh, you know, they're valuing them at, uh, because if you look at some of these guys, yeah, 14, 15 hour day guy, mm-hmm. but if he's got a home life, it's very bad. Uh, friendships don't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, um, his, his, his diet, probably not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, you know, those are, those are some things to consider. So now, uh, the question for you is, well, how does this selfish, uh, perspective, this lack of self-care impact intimate relationships? Mm. So I think there's a few ways. The first thing that goes to my mind, um, being a sex therapist, right? So I work a lot with individuals and with couples who are struggling um, with having a healthy sex life. Mm -hmm. And because men are given permission to be happy, angry, and sexual, (laughs) A lot of the times, the last sort of ability that they have to access connection with their partner Mm -hmm. is being sexual. 
right? Mm -hmm. And whereas women are socialized, you know, again, generally speaking differently, right? We are given permission to connect with our partners emotionally first mm -hmm. and then sexually. Right. So you have this gap. Right. And so now he wants to be able to connect on some level. Again, this is if in heterosexual couples. I'm also generalizing here too. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times for men, that's one of the last ways that they have to connect with their significant other. I see. Sexually. Okay. It's a lot of times also what I find um, when you're kind of in this state where it's work, 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 and nothing else is going right, like you're just really not living, right? Like you're <laughs> just true. you're just not living, right? right. You're kind right. of, you know, there's no pulse left, right, so to speak, the, the life pulse, the life force. Mm -hmm. And often when they're sexual, it's one of the last areas where they can feel alive. I see. Right. So it, it starts to show up in, in this. Um, there will be sexual issues. Maybe they show up with their partners um, mm -hmm. just being there, but not being there. Okay. Right. Like they're mm -hmm. just disconnected emotionally. Right. Um, they're kind of checked out. And mm -hmm. if things are not going so well at home, like our needs don't go away just because we're not meeting them or because we're suppressing them. We right. find other ways to meet them. They okay. may be maladaptive ways. They may be self-destructive ways. Mm -hmm. uh, they may be ways where we're now stepping outside of the, the boundaries of our relationship, right? Because we want that hit of something that feels good. Right, right. Yeah, and that's, that's like a, a wow. I, I mean, that's, that's us to a T, especially mm -hmm. the heterosexual male. And, and, and I'm learning, you know, as I speak with more, uh, more gay men, it's, it's, it's a thing that they struggle with as well mm -hmm. um and and so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you in today to to talk about about mm -hmm. self-care uh because I, I think that i think that we men could do uh a lot to learn a little bit more about communication and it's not that we have to communicate the way that women communicate mm -hmm. right because a lot of men is they yeah you know, i had a guy tell me um not too long ago he said hey i really appreciate what you guys are doing mm -hmm. uh uh, and I realize it's hard. You know, a lot of guys, yeah, they don't want to do this stuff. They don't want to emotionally yeah. connect. They just rather be assholes and that's it. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's something to be said about that, right? Well, and I also think, again, who wants to do something that you don't know how to do? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. who wants to do something that you've been told is, you know, you, you, you being a sucker, Mm -hmm. You know, like who's going to opt for that? Like, right. oh, I want to learn how to be more in touch with my emotions when I've had a lifetime of peeping t people telling me that's a sucker thing to do. And mm -hmm. it's not a safe thing to do mm -hmm. on many levels. So who's going to opt for that? Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I love what you're saying is that it doesn't have to look the way that it looks for women, per se. Mm -hmm. But I also think that we sell men, men short. Like, right. I think that we sell men short to, to think that they are not, that there are not these other aspects to them or these other layers to them. I just don't think that we've given them permission to access those parts and right. to make it look like what it looks like for them. Because, you know, I just, I, I have, I have three children, two of them are young men, right? They're two boys. And mm -hmm. I have to know how to teach them how it's okay to access those feelings too. And what does that look like? Yes. But I think it really starts with how are we raising our boys? What are the messages that we're giving them? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think that especially in communities of color today, mm -hmm. uh, there's a conversation being had about um, what about our boys? Uh, mm -hmm. At one point, the conversation was what about our girls? Um, and today we're talking about what about our boys? Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I think that for a long time, we were we were willing to blame the absent father. Mm -hmm. We were willing to blame uh, the father who was incarcerated um, and things like that. And now we're starting to have the conversation a little more. Uh, it's, it's a sensitive conversation, mm -hmm. but we're starting to have that conversation about, well, okay, uh, that person was absent and we know that there's that abandonment and that piece that has to be and that neglect that has to be addressed however let's talk about the person who was present and what that present parent was able to give or did not give right um right. and 
I think that, um, you know, a lot of men, when we do these groups, when we talk to men privately, mm -hmm. a lot of men, when they do open up, when the walls do begin to crack, when those rocks burst open, mm -hmm. you start hearing the pain of growing up with a mom who was emotionally distant, who would not allow them to feel, mm -hmm. who would not allow them to experience experience a wider range of emotions mm -hmm. um, and there's even a thought about well I I didn't want to, one guy told me he said I didn't want to be like my dad and his dad was incarcerated mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to be like my dad and I almost feel like my mom made me my dad yeah. I was like okay you know what well I won't say anything but let's just let me hear more tell right. me and he was saying that he was already upset with his father about the actions that his father had done mm -hmm. and the fact that he wasn't truly in his life, but also, you know, because it's like, okay, now, well, dad, wow, you left me with mom and mom's just pissed off all right. the time and right. it's directed at me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he was like, I didn't know how to do anything other than be blaming and be angry with right. everyone. Right. Okay. Well, and it's so, it's so often, I mean, and calling it what it is, right? Even what you said earlier, you said some, some boys that had to be the men. And really, we don't look at it. We look at it as survival. But if we call it what it is, it's abusive. Mm -hmm. In that anytime you put someone in a situation where they just, they can't, like they can't fend for themselves, right? So mm -hmm. you're a boy, you're not a man, right? right? To put you in a position where I'm giving you expectations of a man. Now, that being said, mm -hmm. we don't do that to then go into parent blaming and to, because a lot of times they're doing the best they can, right? right. With the situation they're given. Right. Yes. And why it's important to call it what it is, because then I can recognize, yes, mom was in pain or mm -hmm. dad was in pain and I, I didn't get what I needed to get as a child. Right. And why is that important is because I can then recognize how that is showing up in my adult life. It's not to go back and blame people or, or that's happened. And yes, to, but in order to move on, we have to recognize where we're at right now mm -hmm. and what got us here. I can't right. move on if I'm not fully aware of where I'm at. Right. That's right. Right. And so identifying, you know, a, a child's nature is to be vulnerable. Children are born vulnerable. And if I'm learning at a really young age that it's not safe to be vulnerable because the adults in my life, they're just struggling to, to stay alive or to, 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 to get day by day, then I'm learning at a really young age, it's not safe to be vulnerable. Right. When really as adults, that's our, our job is to give the message to our children that I'm going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Like you don't worry about me. But again, to be fair, especially in our communities that so many times we were just, we were just trying to survive. Our parents were just trying to survive. They were just trying to get by. There was no time to sit and access emotions right. and self-care and how you feeling, right. baby. You know, like it just, that's right. the reality. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, that's just the reality. True. And there's a point where we grieve that. Mm -hmm. But in order to grieve it, we have to accept it. And once we grieve it, we can now, as adults, begin to learn, how do I begin to reparent myself? Mm -hmm. How do I begin to be the father and the mother that I needed that's or in those, yes. in those spots that they couldn't? Like, because our parents can't give us 100%. They're going to drop the ball somewhere. That's right. Right. So now as an adult, how do I begin to parent myself? And that's a lot of what self-care is, mm -hmm. right? Like if, if, if you have a child or a dependent, like you look to them and what do they need? And are you hungry? Mm -hmm. Are they tired? Right. Oh, you need a nap because <laughs> you know, you're acting up, right? Like you are yeah. attentive and, and you're aware and you're responsible and you do it even when you don't really feel like it because you love them. Right. And so that's that self-love. Because sometimes you hear that self-love, people are like, what does that even mean? That's that <laughs> new age talk, you know? Right, but right. It's an action. Like, 
I'm going to also be kind to myself. That's right. I don't think that men are given permission to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. but I love that that platforms such as yours and men such as yourself are giving voice to that and really allowing the men. And I think as women, we have to also, you know, in our ways, give them the go ahead. Like, yeah, we need you to take care of yourselves. Right. Right. You take care of you for me and I'll take care of me for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's really what it boils down to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think that the heaviest question and, and, and the thing that's on my mind, it's a, it's a concern of mine. Um, after hearing you speak, uh, we we talked about not being allowed a lot of men not being allowed to feel and just experience uh, self-care and, and get in tune with what it is that they need the vulnerability mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're living in a day and age where America has become extremely, extremely sensitive to uh, racial micro and macro aggressions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, racism, racism, the topic of racism is larger today than it was even when I uh, was a teenager. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think about it this way. Um, you know, in the 90s, for example, if we were to talk about the number of, of African-American TV shows, black TV shows, we probably couldn't even name them all that were, mm-hmm. that were on. Mm-hmm. And the images that they, that they portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we look out there today, it's very different, right? So right. there are a lot of different things going on, racially speaking, uh, in America, not just with Black America, um, with the Hispanic community mm-hmm. as well. And when it comes to men of color, um, I'm really concerned that uh, because of the hypersensitivities to these racial aggressions of various types, that that also adds... Uh, a wall uh, to the inability to connect with self and do self care. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, having said that, do you think that, in your opinion, do you think that the 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 issues of race in America today are probably further uh, impacting um, African American men, Latino men? Mm-hmm. Is it impacting their ability? to really connect to themselves today? Oh, absolutely. Um, how could it not, right? How could it not? And I think that is just even more of a reason of why we need men, why we need them to be able to care for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think we really have to highlight for them what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. So self-care doesn't for men does not have to be oh i'm going to a yoga retreat and i'm gonna be sitting on the mountaintop in the lotus <laughs> position if you do that's fantastic like do more of it but i think that's yeah. what people think of you know when yeah. self-care and who has yeah. time to go to the spa this and that mm-hmm. self-care can be as simple as wow here's another story in my news feed of someone who looks like me who maybe lived you know down the street or what have you and self-care in that moment can be, you know what? I need to go to my support system and tell them like how this is impacting me today. Mm-hmm. Or I need to turn off my social media today because I can't mm-hmm. hear another story. Right. That's self-care. Right. Yes. Um, that self-care can be, I'm not engaging in this conversation with someone who I know is not, who is being an antagonist just to be an antagonist, right? right. Like I'm not going to engage in that. <laughs> Right. Sometimes that's what self-care looks like. And sometimes, you know, as a psychotherapist, I'm like, we need more people of color in therapy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we need because therapy is part of our healing. And I don't think especially in our communities, you know, that that's something that we do like, oh, that's, you know, therapy isn't for us. Right. But like who benefits from that? Who benefits from the idea that oh, therapy's not for Black people. Therapy's not for Latinos. Like, who right. benefits from that? Right. Because it isn't us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Who, who benefits from the idea that men of color shouldn't be doing practicing self-care? Mm. It isn't us. Yeah. It isn't the men. It isn't the women in our communities. Mm-hmm. 
So we have to look at also why these messages are so ingrained in us. The idea that because you're a man, you shouldn't care for yourself. You should just keep going, 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 going at your expense. Who benefits from that? Right. And I think if men can also begin to see self-care as a form of preservation, as of resistance, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is. Right. It is. It benefits not our communities, not us, when we neglect ourselves, Mm. when we are out of balance. Yes. You know, I think of, uh, I think of Robert Bly, who Mm. was a uh, wonderful poet and uh, did some great things with, uh, with the, I I call it the men's movement because that's what they called it. But I don't like for people to think that it's, uh, it was like men's rights movement or, or something like that. It was just men who were saying, Hey, guess what? We're suffering. We don't have great role models. We lost our way. Mm-hmm. We need to get back on track. Mm-hmm. And one of the premises of that early men's movement was, hey, if we don't take time out and pause to take care of ourselves, right. we're going to kill each other off mm-hmm. and we're going to kill off civilization in the process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is one of the reasons why we're trying to do what we're doing with a barbershop group is because uh, we know that we know that, you know, even while we are pushing for um, an egalitarian, equitable, equitable society, mm-hmm. we know that men are still looked to uh, to provide certain things. And what we are seeing is that men are some of these men are inadequate at doing it. And it's OK uh, I hate to use the word inadequate. We we know how it got to be to that point. And I think that a lot of the violence that we see, a lot of the aggression that we see, uh, is just because of the thing that Robert Bly talked about. Mm-hmm. And that's that if you can't check in with yourself, absolutely, you're going to kill each other off. Well, because human beings, we are wired for connection, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you know, historically, we've always lived in tribes and villages, Mm -hmm. right? We are wired for connection. Yes. And so if I am not connected to self, Mm -hmm. the first relationship, right, then how can I be connected to other? How can I show up in other ways? Mm -hmm. And I think men and women in different ways have been disconnected from ourselves. I think particularly, you know, people of color in our communities, like we've been disconnected from ourselves because we had to be like, we had to be just to get ahead. And, and on many levels, we still have to be um, very vigilant, like just, Getting yeah. to the grocery store sometimes can be nerve wracking, depending right. on who's driving behind you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so right. we can't pretend like that's not part of it, but that's even more of a reason of why we have to care for ourselves and each other. Mm. Right. Like, and each other. And I think that's the part that I think is different now is what I see is we're looking more and more towards one another in our communities. I love men coming together and saying, okay, like, let's start this movement Mm -hmm. and let's start just talking about it because that's what often it takes is that one person to start talking about it. Mm -hmm. And somebody else says, oh yeah, like (laughs) that was on my mind too. That's right. So you saying it's okay for me to talk about it. And so this is how it begins. Yeah. Yeah. I had a person, um, had a person ask me, one time he said, well, do you think that everybody's just going to get together and just talk and that's going to solve all the issues? And I said, no, that's not what the barbershop group is about. You know, we are a conduit for people who really want to get help. Right. Uh, but we understand that the conversations start in barbershop. So that's what we do. That's yeah. a component. Um, so one of the other things and, and, and we'll wrap up. One of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is what self-care um, could look like what it doesn't yeah. have to look like. You mm-hmm. you talked about uh, uh, going on to a, going to a yoga retreat and sitting on a mountain in lotus position. And it's funny you said that. <laughs> <laughs> you coordinating one? <laughs> because let me tell you something. Um, um, so for for me personally, yeah. that's great. Okay. Absolutely. And I, I got to tell you, right, as I, as I mentioned to you before, I'm completely envious when I get a picture and you are out there 
uh, showing the water and you're on the beach and I'm just really <laughs> seriously, okay, guys, if you all don't, if you, after, after today, you all follow her on Instagram and um, you'll see some of these pictures and it's just like, if you grew up around water, it's to die for. But uh, we're getting ready to, to plan several of our men's retreats. And uh, one of the board members, he's looking at some places for me uh, now. And he sent me a couple, uh, actually it was before um, this last batch of uh, locations he sent me. He sent me one place that was a huge yoga retreat uh, in North Carolina. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome, but no. You know, guys are just not going to do that, okay? It's just, yeah, that's not happening. Not yet, okay? Yes, not um, yet. I love that, yes. You know, we don't, we want, we don't want to do that just yet. We can probably sneak that in. It's yeah. a hope. But right now, let's just go with something a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit um, uh, different. So, yeah, I'll just use the word different. Um, and that way I don't have to put anybody in a box, but self-care, what it could look like, what it doesn't have to look like. Um, so I would like to just do a quick game of trivia or a true and false game with you. Okay. I will give you, yes, <laughs> I will give you, uh, and, and guys, just so you know, this stuff is totally not scripted. Okay. Um, it's just me being a guy and, and letting it go. Okay. Being vulnerable, if you will. Right. Um, because uh, I, I say, you know, as, uh, as a founder of the barbershop group and, and a host of the show, I have to be vulnerable. And sometimes I talk about, uh, different aspects of my life and people go, Oh my God, did he just say that and share that? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but so self-care, what yeah. could it look like or what it is? It? So, all right. It's Friday. It's been a long work week and, uh, I'm going to go out and, um, you know, take some money. I'm going to the strip club. I am going to throw a few back, you know, meet a few women. Uh, is that self-care? You know, that may be self-care for somebody. If you, if that, so if you're using money that your bills have already been paid and you're not taking like <laughs> <laughs> the light money, Right, like so, you're not using the light money. If you're in a if you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, so let's say you're in a relationship and that's within the boundaries of your relationship, Mm -hmm. right? So again, that's going to be my qualifier is is how is that aligned with you? Are you causing harm Mm -hmm. to anyone? Um, Are you causing harm to yourself? Is it self destructive? I don't know. Gotcha. So, you see what I'm saying? Like that's okay. why self-care is customized. Mm, self-care is customized. <laughs> okay. So the next one. So the next one goes along. Well, I can tell you, uh, I have an affinity for cigars and uh for my my uh, tobacco pipe. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I do every day. But uh, from time to time, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to unwind. I'm going to sit on the porch and just smoke my pipe. Self-care mm-hmm. or not self-care? Uh, is is that cigar in any way compromising your health overall? Have you been diagnosed with, you know, uh, asthma? <laughs> like, okay. okay. Uh, is there is it compromising? Because really, self care is also about balance. Mm. So maybe a cigar every now and then, you know. Also, when you're you're by that ocean and you might have one, you know, with you. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like at that day. It may very well be the self-care you need that day. Okay. But so, so for instance, if I had um, like a health problem where tobacco smoke could mm-hmm. impact it, then that wouldn't be self-care. That probably is not self-care. That's probably being self-destructive, right? Oh, my goodness. And that, <laughs> that sucks, guys, because as some of the listeners know, I do talk about, um, I do talk about a heart condition that I have. Okay. See? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> And so, you know, I'm like, okay, I got these cigars and I got my pipe and I'm like, okay, you know what? (sighs) Okay. So maybe not the best idea. All right. So so the next one, the next one is, um, the next one I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just throw this one out there. Mm -hmm. So, because we're talking about what self-care could be and what it may not be. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, I enjoy, I enjoy reading books. Uh, 
And from time to time, I like to share something of the book that I'm reading with other individuals on social media. Uh, but as things can go sometimes on social media, uh, it can turn into a huge debate or some type of philosophical difference and argument that could span on and on and on. And all of a sudden, it turned into something I didn't want it to be. But originally, I was just sharing the enjoyment of the book. Are we talking about self-care or something potentially destructive now? It's, it's, well, I think that kind of goes to the part that you were talking about. So maybe part of your self-care is connection, right? So I want to connect on some level and I want to share. So I'm going to do that. And if you can remember kind of what we talked about before, sometimes self-care disappoints others. Some people, Sometimes people don't like you practicing self-care. So um, just understanding that part too, because how that might look like in a relationship Right. Maybe, hey, today I'm going to take the afternoon off to read this new book that I've been wanting to dive into. Mm-hmm. Right. Like because I love books and I got this new one and it's out and I'm going to. But maybe your your significant other wanted to go to dinner or something. And you say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just I'm sorry, baby, but I'm going to spend the evening reading this book. Yeah. That person may be disappointed. <laughs> you didn't right. harm them. Right. And you're practicing your self-care like today, this is what I need today. Gotcha. So. Okay. Okay. I understand. So um, binging on Netflix and Hulu, you know, I've got this. <laughs> binging is never self-care. <laughs> oh, man, that's not good. Binging that's not is usually not, you know, but again, uh-huh. binging something that I just did this Saturday because, oh, my goodness, all week. I was just going and going and going. And today, nobody called me. Nobody do nothing today. Saturday is my day. And I am going to just watch my favorite show. Yeah. You know, that's one thing. Now, if you are okay. not going to work or you're <laughs> not like, you know, meeting your appointments, mm-hmm. then that may not be self-care. I think if you can sometimes remember also self-care, especially for the men, mm-hmm. is sometimes it's the basics. Sometimes mm-hmm. self-care is getting up and just being okay with today. This is as good as I got. And mm. that's my Sometimes self-care is balancing your budget. Sometimes self-care is, um, you know, maybe tidying up the closet that I haven't tidied up. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not mm-hmm. all bubble baths and those things are great. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be expensive either. Like maybe, maybe, maybe self-care is going to the barber shop and like maybe getting a real professional shave that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that felt good. Right. You know, yeah. so body, mind, spirit, mm-hmm. you know, emotional, all of those different aspects of self. How are we tending to all those different aspects? Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, uh, tidying up and things. And I know this one will hit home for a lot of guys. Uh, I had an uncle. uh, I have an uncle who um, I always remember this uncle forever and a day. And in fact, (laughs) he's probably going to do it. uh, (laughs) And he listens. He listens to the uh, to the podcast uh, uh, as well. So that's pretty awesome. But he would from from the time I was a kid up until Gosh, I mean, he probably still does it. Mm-hmm. He would wash his car. He would spend time mm-hmm. washing his car. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, I can remember being with this uncle in uh, Maryland, mm-hmm. and it had a, a snow blizzard had just passed. Maybe it stopped like a day before or something like that. And they do a pretty awesome job taking care of the uh, the roads out there. And he pulled up into the car wash, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What, dude, what are you doing? Like, it's it's still snow on the ground. What are you yeah. doing? And uh, he was like, "Yeah, I got to take care of the whip, man." You know. <laughs> but um, you know, as it turns out, self care is that self care? Absolutely, and it, it makes me wonder what he was thinking about while he's washing that car. Like, mm-hmm. what's he thinking mm-hmm. about? What was the payoff that he got from seeing, you know, his car nicely, yeah. freshly? waxed and cleaned and sparkling right Mm -hmm. and so knowing that that's something that however that may have you know satisfied his soul at the time and when Mm -hmm. to do it who knows maybe after a blizzard you know i'm a little tense right right? yeah Yeah. so you know and i and i think that's one thing 
why it's important to be connected to ourselves is we will sort of intuitively know what it is that we need. Yes. And, you know, just for men who are struggling with self-care, start with the basics. Um, Start with the physical at the doctors. Like when's the last time Uh you went to the physician (laughs) and got a physical, right? Right. one thing like that I have to do every day, this is kind of, it's, I have to make my bed. Like I have to have my bed made, even okay. though I don't like to make it, but I know that when I come in at the end of the day, oh, it feels good for the bed to be made. So that's a part of my self-care. Yes. So I give those examples for men to see also. Sometimes it's little things that you're doing um, in anticipation of how you're going to feel maybe at the end of the day or, you know, when you're stressed. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So one of the last ones I'll I'll give you is from a personal experience uh, as well. Um, At one point I was an athlete and uh, was always, always in the gyms, you know, always working out and everything. And um, later on I got to a point where I didn't like that so much. I didn't Mm -hmm. like to have a membership and go to a gym. And I realized I was neglecting my health a little bit. But one of the reasons why I didn't like going to the gym was because um, there was this culture at the gym where, you know, I'm wanting to lift weights or get on a treadmill, but all the guys are kind of standing around looking at all the girls who are standing around looking at all the guys. looking at them. <laughs> And it's funny, I, I, you know, we're, we're sitting, we're, we're laughing a, a, about it, yeah. but you know, there are a lot of men who say, you know, I don't have time for that. Right. And before, before long, you know, you're saying, okay, I don't have time for it. And then years go by and you've kind of gotten away from, from that. You know, for me, it wasn't healthy to be in a gym uh, with a bunch of uh, men who were just looking at the women. And maybe that was something psychologically triggering for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just left it alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it went from, okay, now from that to, I'm trying to protect my, my mind. Mm-hmm. But now, uh-oh, I'm neglecting my body. Right. Well, and I love that you're talking about that because that body-mind connection. So how are you caring for your body? How are you moving your body? That is. And, and it's a natural sort of antidepressant, right? When we are being physical, when we're moving our body. And I think, you know, one thing that we didn't really touch on, but just how our emotions also get trapped in our body. And so sometimes for men, that is the only release that they have, you Mm. know, so being able to care for our bodies as well, um, like the way you're describing with the physical, um, it's, 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 I think that's the thing about what we said at the beginning about being intentional about our Mm self-care is remembering the different aspects of ourselves and how are we tending to those aspects. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I won't take up any more of your time. I do appreciate you coming in and talking to us today about self-care. I have learned a lot and I hope that the listeners um, have learned a lot as well. Um, Alyssa, you're in Houston. Um, Mm -hmm. We have listeners all around the world. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, uh, how can they contact you? Yes. So my website is trswc.com. My practice in Houston, Texas um, is the Relationship and Sexual Wellness Center. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also the co-founder of Melanin and Mental Health. Mm -hmm. Um, So melaninandmentalhealth.com. And it is an online resource um, where we are promoting mental health awareness in Black and Latino communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to find a therapist, you can go there as well. Um, nice. But yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, TRSWC of Houston, mm-hmm. Melanin and Mental Health. Um, but yeah, I'm easy to find. Awesome. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's very good to hear. So guys, you have heard it. If you are in the area and um, you would like to, uh, to set up... Um, a session with her you can reach out to her or you know give her a call ask her more questions that's what we are here for mm-hmm. we're here to provide you guys with um with physical resources and other types of resources to help you live the best life that you can possibly live uh if you all enjoyed what you heard today you can go to www.patreon.com backslash the barbershop group and make a contribution uh to us today we greatly appreciate it 
And uh, Alyssa, again, thank you very much for being on air with us today. And I hope that the guys will, will take something from it and, and really just listen to it and kind of uh, look at being vulnerable when it comes to self-care, knowing that it's not dangerous, it's okay. And uh, there's a huge benefit in us taking care of ourselves. So yes, thank um, you so much for having me. You are welcome. You are welcome. Well, guys, that is it for today. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Have a great day. The Barbershop Group provides safe spaces for men to discuss issues of well-being and mental health. The Barbershop Group also serves as a resource to the community, providing consultations and public speakers through partnerships with attorneys, mental health professionals, family agencies, religious institutions, and other advocates. In the near future, the Barbershop Group seeks to renovate dilapidated residential and commercial properties in urban areas to create respite shelters for displaced men. We will also host mentorship retreats and workshops for young men and adults to foster growth through our Iron Sharpening Iron and our Rebuilding Men programs. In addition, we host a weekly podcast covering issues of mental health, homelessness, financial literacy, education, and leadership. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please email us at info at thebarbershopgroup.org, visit our Facebook page, or call 313-585-9948 for more information. 